Welcome back to The Takeaway. It's Todd Zwillick. We're starting a new book club here on The Takeaway today. It's called Reading the Reckoning. And this month, we've invited WNYC's producer for special projects, Rebecca Carroll, to host this book club for us. Over the next few weeks, Rebecca will introduce you to women authors expressing their strength, their conviction, their rage, and their joy through their writing. Today's book is So You Want to Talk About Race. Our mom never thought that our blackness would hold us back in life. She thought we could rule the world. But that optimism and starry-eyed love was, in fact, born from her whiteness. It was almost impossible for her to see all of the everyday hurdles we had to jump, the tiny cuts of racism that we endured throughout our lives. For our mom, we were black and beautiful and smart and talented and kind, and that's all that mattered. And in the confines of our home, it was all that mattered. An excerpt there read by Takeaway producer Dana Roberson. The book's author is Ijeoma Oluo. She's also editor-at-large for The Establishment and the first in our series of author interviews with Rebecca Carroll. Hi, Ijeoma. Hi. Thanks for being here and talking about this new book. I have to say that given the sort of provocative, shall we say, tenor of some of your other work in writing, that I found this to be downright reader-friendly generous, patient, like it was so patient. Where does all that patience come from? I think part of the patience came from the fact that I was, this is a book. And I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe if I lay it all out, (laughs) very calmly get as much of it as I can out here, it will be something that will last with people. And maybe I don't have to keep writing the same essay over and over and over again, explaining things. The other thing that occurred to me, and and I have written about this and had conversations about this, for those of us who are, for one way or another, raised by white parents – how that relates to our tolerance of white people. It feels to me like there's a lot of love that you feel for your mom. Um, You also, your children, um, your sons have white fathers. How does that play into the way in which you address or approach conversations with white people about race? Sometimes I can seem more patient and sometimes I can seem far less patient. Having spent a lot of my life kind of surrounded by white people, I do sometimes think I have a greater understanding than a lot of people who don't have that regular access would have. But with that, that also means I fall for a lot less and I have less patience for a lot of the things that I've heard maybe a 100, 200 times. And so the conversation sometimes can be a lot more honest of, hey, you know what? I know what you're saying to me here because I've heard it said, I speak white people too. (laughs) Right, right, right. And then there's that moment in the book where your mom is talking about how she said to this this guy, or I have black children, so that counts for something. I know what you're going through. She said this to a black guy, right? She was planning to. That was her big plan for the next day. (laughs) And I had to stop her. I've had the exact opposite response to being raised by white people. Like, Like, I feel like the older I get, the more I step into my life and myself as a mother, as a spouse, a partner, uh, you know, a writer, whatnot, the whiteness that I felt sort of inundated by just kind of falls away, which makes it difficult for me to talk with my son, who also has a white father, about whiteness and a tolerance for whiteness. Do you talk to your sons about their whiteness or the way in which their lives interact with whiteness? Yes, I do. And I was very fortunate. I think a lot of 
black children and children of color raised by white parents kind of live in this space where parents don't talk to them about their racial identity. It's uncomfortable. And even though it was at times uncomfortable for my mom, she really was worried that we were going to grow up without black identity because our dad had moved back to Nigeria and then died. So she worked very hard to make sure that we knew that we were black and that we were beautiful. And granted, it wasn't the full experience because she had limitations as a white woman in what she perceived blackness to be. What I learned from my kids, especially my youngest and now my oldest as he's entering his teen years, is that, you know, they are fully aware but they have a racial identity. And if you're not talking about it with them, they feel gaslit. My youngest, especially, I noticed he's almost as dark skinned as I am. And so he was very aware that he was the only brown boy when he would go to his dad's house. And he started asking a lot of questions about the everyday choices that people around him were making that kind of erased his blackness. And so I learned that we do our children harm by not proactively talking about these things. They are seeing it and they're trying to make sense of it themselves. And it's our job to help guide them through it. But so the the disconnect of your mom really wanting to make sure that you all had very positive black identities and then sort of saying to you as an adult, this is my plan as a way to talk to a black person, which completely is not the way to do it. So how did she, how, how did that happen? How could she be an advocate for you all and your racial identity and then not know how to talk about race? It's very easy for a lot of people to think that proximity to black people is just as good as being black. And I think that my mom, someone who loved our blackness and tried best to make sure that we were surrounded by as many black people as she could find, as many Nigerians as she could find, she really thought that that meant she had transcended whiteness. And we hadn't had that conversation, that purposeful conversation around our roles in society and what our experience is that she didn't quite get that she still had never lived a single day as a black person. And she thought she kind of had had a pass and she had no ill intention whatsoever. It's an easy trap that a lot of people fall into to think that just having a friend is empathy enough. And we hear that all the time, right? I have a black friend. I have a black wife. And we think that, you know, people think that that means that they know what it's like. My mom knows what it's like to raise black children. That's a very specific experience. But she doesn't know what it's like to be a black person. What did you learn about yourself when you were writing this book? I learned, you know, one thing about doing this work, I think, is we are constantly kind of drinking from a fire hose. There's so much happening. There's so much that you have to do. Every day there's a new think piece that you need to write because you want someone to understand something about an issue. And I realized how little time is dedicated to actually looking at how these things are impacting us individually on a personal level. How little time I've been able to dedicate to broader scholarship because I'm so busy having to deal with these urgent current issues. And I realized how much more of my career I would love to be able to dedicate to that, but also how much of my self-care and community care I would love to look at, the toll this is taking on people of color, and the the lack of scholarship given by major universities toward the efforts that we've put forward, what's working what isn't, and what we need to do to make sure that not only are we lifting this oppression, but we're doing so in a way that heals and helps those who've been impacted by it. Ijeoma Aluo, thank you. The book is called So You Want to Talk About Race. Thanks so much. Thank you. 
WNYC's Rebecca Carroll and Ijeoma Aluo in conversation there as part of our book club series, Reading the Reckoning. If you want to read along with us or sign up to participate, you can find a list of books at thetakeaway.org, and we might pick you to join us for an on-air discussion later this month. And we didn't have time for it in today's interview, but Rebecca also asked Ijeoma about growing up in Seattle and how it informed her understanding of race. I think it had a huge impact on my life in understanding race and racial identity. Seattle is a weird place. There's hardly any black people there. And especially when I was growing up, there were hardly any at all. My brother and I were the only black kids that we could see until probably about seventh grade. Find a lot more of that interview on the Takeaways podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And you'll get all sorts of extras that you won't find in our show on air during the day. That does it for us today. In the meantime, thanks as always for joining us this hour. I'm Todd Zwillick. This is The Takeaway. Takeaway.